premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Ruscello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And folks, we are broadcasting to you live from the Asylum Studios here in the bowels of Southwest Texas, the beautiful city of Eagle Pass. Thank you for being with us today for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. And uh, I just want to say a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that are listening in, whether it's live at this moment or if it's on the, uh, the podcast version, which comes out later today. Well, it is Mother's Day, and uh, although it's a man-made holiday, uh, it's a good one nonetheless. And, you know, we ought to praise motherhood because it's a God-endorsed thing. You know, God speaks very highly of motherhood. And in fact, on today's Sermon Sunday broadcast, we're going to discuss motherhood, but from a slightly different angle. You know, we generally think of God and refer to God from a father's standpoint. Jesus said when his disciples asked him how to pray, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So certainly, God is represented in the minds of anyone who studies the scriptures primarily as a father, but not exclusively, because God has a mother's side, which is indicated in his discussions uh, about bringing forth Israel as a mother, and he even goes beyond that and talks about the Gentile nations that he can be a mother figure to. Now we're going to examine that and about four or five examples of biblical motherhood today, but before we get into our message, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get over there, head over to the contact section, and why don't you send us off a message? You can let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, please don't forget to send over those prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's okay. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, while you're on the website, if you would, please look for that Support This Podcast button. And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. 
But, you know, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, uh, that's fine. If you can do a one-time contribution, we would appreciate that just as much. And if you could, just look for the Waygiver button, which is on our website. Or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is also on our website. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, you know your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so extremely thankful for it. Now, first and foremost, before we go any further into the show, I always want to pause here, and I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for a number of different things. But the most important thing that I want to say thank you to the Lord for is for saving me. I, I, I was lost on my way to a devil's hell. And the Lord Jesus Christ directed certain people across my path that witnessed to me, that presented the gospel to me, and in some cases presented the gospel to me in ways I hadn't heard before. And uh, I eventually heard a scathing, blistering message on a, on a radio program in New York City talking about hell and who's going there. And when I tell you that it literally scared the hell out of me, that's an understatement. It just seemed like at the end of every sentence that, the, that this radio preacher was, was, was saying, I just heard this or felt this, this little soft voice in the back of your head saying, did you get that? Hey, Joe, I'm talking to you. And uh, that motivated me and moved me to, to write down the phone number for that radio program, to make that phone call, to meet with that pastor, and to have him lead me to the Lord Jesus Christ in the middle of a pier in Lower Manhattan. And that was 23 years ago, this coming July. And it's a, it's a decision that I will never, ever regret. I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me this ministry. This ministry to me is a tremendous blessing. It's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, and I am really thankful and uh, so appreciative that the Lord allowed me this opportunity to do it. And of course, I always also want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me my mom. I love my mom very, very much. And right now, my mom is in a rehab up in New York City, and I know she's doing well, and I know she's on the road to recovery, and very soon she'll be heading home. And, uh, you know, I am just so thankful that I had my mom in my life growing up, that she was always there, that she was always home when I got home from school. She was a, she was a fabulous cook. That's why I was a little fat kid. And, uh, you know, she was always there as, a, as, as support and comfort. And, you know, if mom, if you're listening today, God bless you. I love you so much, mom. And I hope you're having a great Mother's Day. I also want to say thank you, of course, to all of you who, pr who support us through your prayers. Thank you so very much for your prayers. They really do mean a lot to me. And uh, I, I'm going to ask you to please continue to pray for me. P please continue to pray for this show, this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. Uh, your prayers do work. They've been a tremendous blessing to me, and I am very thankful for those. I'm also thankful to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. Thank you so much for it. Again, your financial support does go a very long way, and uh, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that we do without it. And, of course, I also want to say thank you to every single one of you who tune in and listen in on a regular basis, who are faithfully downloading and playing the shows. 
Thank you so much for that. God bless you for it as well. And please continue to do so. Please continue that no matter where you are listening to the show, please be sure to continue to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And that way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, now that that's all out of the way, how about we get to some announcements? Let's see. I just want to remind you for our Thursday night Bible study, which uh, we get together every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have been having a blast going through the book of Revelation. And I'm not going to say it's an easy study to go through. It's really really challenging in a lot of ways. But uh, we're already about to begin Revelation chapter 12. And uh, I just can't believe how quickly we've gone through these first 11 chapters in the book of Revelation. It's been a a real blessing for me, and I hope a blessing for you as well. Uh, So don't forget to tune in every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen in live on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, or if you have a Spreaker account, you can head over to Spreaker, and you could catch the show there as well. Also want to remind you of our Sermon Sunday broadcast, uh, which we are doing today here. And uh, today we're going to be discussing a special Mother's Day message uh, that I had struggled with putting together. I had three different versions of it, and finally uh, the Lord gave me some peace on the one that we'll be doing today. Uh, so uh, that's every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, if you want to listen to it live, you can check us out at swordofthespiritpodcast.com or on Spreaker. And of course, uh, all of the live shows are available as a podcast shortly after the live broadcast uh, concludes. All right, folks, now if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Our worship service is at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is head over to the church's Facebook page. And to find it, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, as well as episodes of this podcast. And of course, we always want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church for allowing us the opportunity to post the show on the church's Facebook page. And of course, thank you to our pastor and my good friend, John Monk, for uh, allowing us to do it as well and for being such a tremendous encouragement and supporter of uh, this ministry. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping, I'd like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on the current events. And when when we say there are no issues that are off limits to any of these patriots, we mean there are no issues that are off limits. Now, if you want a breakdown of current events, we got it. 
If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, well, we got that too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? So what? <laughs> you know, so, you know ooh, I missed that one. Sorry. Uh, you know what? We've got that too. You want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered and in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you could also find it at www.crn.best. You know, folks, it's one of the joys of doing a live broadcast. There's no editing. So when I mess up, I mess up. All right. Uh, just want, also want to mention my good friend Chase Tobin. Uh, he has a wonderful podcast. It's, a, it's called the Three Pillars Podcast. And the Three Pillars Podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Brother Chase drops a new episode every week, usually on a Friday morning, and you can find him on all of your major podcasting platforms. You can also find him on Good Pods, YouTube, and Rumble. I also want to mention the uh, Busy Believers podcast as well. Wonderful little podcast. I enjoy it very, very much. We, we're now running promos for uh, the Busy Believer podcast, so make sure you tune in and check that out. They release a new episode every week, and they also are available on all of your major podcasting platforms. And if I'm not mistaken, they release a new episode every Wednesday. So uh, be sure to check them out. Chase Tobin's Three Pillars podcast, and you could also check out the Busy Believers podcast as well. All right, folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements on our uh, website. It's just an email list that we are putting together. This way we can send out notifications and let you guys know of any changes to our programming schedule at any time. Uh, it's a free list to get on. We don't sell your information. Everything stays here with me, and we will certainly not spam you with stuff that you're not interested in getting. So to uh, sign up for that, just head over to our website, look for the programming announcements subscription box, which is on the home page, fill that list out and uh, fill that form out and get on the mailing list. Now, folks, also uh, just want to mention our Sword Swag section of our website. If you'd like to get one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs that I have right here in my hot little hand, uh, you can get one of these for a $25 contribution or uh, one of these really nice uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts that I'm wearing. Uh, you can also find that on our Sword Swag section, and you can get that for a $35 contribution. Just click that info button that's on the page. Send us over what exactly it is you're looking for. And if you're getting a T-shirt, please send the size as well. And uh, we'll send you back the link to where you can make your contribution. And uh, once we get that all squared away, we'll get it sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. And today's beverage of choice is uh, an iced coffee from Starbucks with some sweet cream vanilla flavoring. Mm. Really good. Really, really good stuff. All right, folks. Well, that'll bring us up to our uh, first break of the afternoon. And uh, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Don't forget to sign in on Spreaker and jump on into that chat group. We would love to see you there. All right, folks. We'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. 
There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast. My name is Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and I'm happy to have you here with me. This podcast is focused on a holistic approach to growth using the three pillars of fitness. Those are spiritual, mental, and physical fitness. Using these three pillars, we will build a foundation which we can all grow to be better uh, human beings on our walk with each other and our walk with the Lord. So without further ado, welcome to the Three Pillars Podcast.
Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello. And uh, so we went through the opening segment of the show, and now we're coming up to the point where we do our prayer requests. And, um, of course, as always, uh, the first group that we pray for uh, is probably the most important group, and that's those that are in need of salvation. So salvation is is the single most important decision you're ever going to make in your life. And I tell you every every show we do because it is it truly is the most important decision you're ever going to make. It's it's a decision that you're going to make that has eternal consequences. You can reject the gospel and you could reject the message of Jesus Christ. You could reject the gift of salvation. And uh, you can do that your entire life, and when your time comes and, uh, and, and you, you pass on, you're going to close your eyes here on this earth, and you're going to open your eyes in a burning eternal hell, a place of ever-increasing darkness, a fire that is not quenched, a place of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, a place that is ever increasingly separated from the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. Why would you want to go there? Why would you, what, what are you holding on to in this life that is so important to you that you would reject the gospel of Jesus Christ? It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense. You need to get saved. You need to get saved today. You know the clock is running down. We're we're in that we're we're getting close to that midnight hour. Where the rapture of the church is is right around the corner, and once the rapture of the church occurs, and the Holy Spirit is removed from this world, well, my friends, all hell is going to break loose. And if you're not saved, you're not going to be caught up in the rapture and be rescued, and saved from the tribulation to come, the wrath of God. And you're going to end up going through the tribulation period. And that, once, that one-time gift of salvation that was one-time free didn't cost you nothing. Is now going to cost you not only faith, but you're going to have to work for your salvation. Folks, now is the time to get saved. God has never made it any easier than he's made it right now. All you need to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was hanging on that cruel cross, he shed his precious, sinless, perfect blood and died a cruel death so that you may live. That's a tremendous gift. That's something that I, I, even though I've been saved almost 23 years, I still cannot wrap my head around the fact why God would be so mindful of us. A sinful, wicked generation. But he is. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But my friends, that's only in this church age. 
And when this church age comes to a close, you're going to have to have faith plus works. It's going to be very difficult. Very difficult. So now is the time for salvation. And I would beg you, please, don't go to hell. When God's made it so easy to avoid. Now today, for our prayer list, for those that are in need of salvation, we are praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for David. We're praying for Jasmine. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Manuel's mother. We're praying for Sharon. We're praying for Adam's father, our Heavenly Father. We come before the throne of grace today, and we ask you, Father God, to please work in those that are on our salvation prayer list. Lord, I want to lift up my mom, Diane. I want to lift up David. I want to lift up all of those unsaved members of the Baldino family. Lord, I want to lift up Jasmine and Manuel's mother, Sharon, and Adam's father. Lord, I pray for them. I ask you, Father God, please, please draw them into yourself. Give them an opportunity to receive the gospel, that they may be saved and they may be spared the wrath of God that is soon to be coming upon this world. Father, please impress upon them the importance of this decision. And Father, we just pray that, that they would respond to that message. And they would respond to that message with all speed. And we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now also on our prayer list, we're praying for Pastor Martin. Now, uh, it's been a little while since I've mentioned some of the details about Pastor Martin and why we pray for him uh, as often as we do. Uh, Pastor Martin is uh, my pastor's pastor, and he's also a good friend to me. And uh, I'm very thankful that I met him through my pastor. Now, Pastor Martin is uh, 89 years old. Uh, He served as a pastor for over 50 years. Uh, he is currently dealing with uh, problems with his vision, which is extremely poor. And uh, Pastor Martin uh, still reads his Bible 10 chapters every day. It takes him all day to do it because his eyesight is so poor, and he has to use one of those really high-power magnifying lenses in order to read uh, the words on the page. But he, he, he works his way through it every day, 10 chapters every day. And that's a shame to us because some of us can't spend 10 minutes in the Word of God, let alone read 10 chapters. Pastor Martin also, at his age, with his health conditions, his heart condition, his poor vision, his eczema, his blood pressure problems, uh, Pastor Martin still goes out street preaching every week. Again. Shame on us that are able to do that without the health conditions, that don't do it. So we lift up Pastor Martin, and we ask you to continue to pray for him as he continues on serving the Lord. We also want to continue to pray for Jasmine Martinez. Uh, I reported to you guys last week that, uh, that, uh, that Jasmine has taken a really good positive turn, and there's a very good possibility in the coming weeks that she'll be able to go home to her family. And uh, she is in the hospital uh, dealing with lupus, battling lupus. And uh, the Lord has worked so, so wonderfully in Jasmine uh, with such a great turnaround, and we're so thankful for that. So we're going to continue to pray for Jasmine uh, that, she makes a, that, she, that she continues to improve and that she makes a recovery from this and that she'll be able to get home to her family. 
We're also continuing to pray for my mom in rehab up in New York. We're also uh, praying for my sister, Laura, with a bad back. Uh, Bernice, Sister Bernice, uh, who has been battling cancer for quite some time now. Uh, she is undergoing some new treatments, and uh, we're praying that the Lord will use those treatments to help her uh, recover from this cancer. We're also praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, uh, who is also battling cancer. Uh, we're praying for Janae with an ongoing heart condition. We're praying for Sharon Baldino, uh, who is uh, battling cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata, who is uh, battling with lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. Alex Ortiz uh, with problems with his breathing and uh, some issues with his brain. And we're also praying for Diego Ortiz, who had to have another surgery uh, on his intestines uh, last week. We're also praying, as we go down our list, for uh, my brother-in-law, Jude, for his business up in New York. And uh, again, if you have any contracting needs up in New York City and you're looking for someone that can do, the gr- do some great work for you, uh, you could always reach out to me, and I'll put you in contact with Jude, and, and uh, perhaps you guys can get into some kind of, a, of an arrangement. We're also praying for uh, a good brother and friend of mine, Frederico Salinas. Uh, brother Salinas, his friendship and his fellowship has been uh, such a tremendous blessing to me in my life and in, in some of the things that I've been dealing with over the last several months. And uh, I'm very thankful for uh, Brother Salinas, and I'm going to re-ask the Lord each week to continue to to bless him and his family and his ministry and his service to the Lord and the work of his hands. We're also praying for uh, for Aldo. Uh, Brother Aldo has a has an HVAC uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning business here in Eagle Pass, and uh, we're praying for him for his business uh, that the Lord will prosper him and bless the work of his hands and and his family as well. And we're also very thankful for Brother Aldo and for his fam- for his fellowship and for his friendship, and uh, he's been a real blessing to me, and uh, I'm really thankful for him. Also want to continue to pray for Angel and her pregnancy, her husband Alex, and for his uh, employment situation, uh, Isabella for her walk with the Lord, and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. All right, and moving on down our prayer list, we're also going to be continuing to pray for the, those with the unspoken prayer requests. And the unspoken prayer requests are just, you know, prayers that, um, that perhaps are too personal to uh, give out specific details or uh, maybe we just don't have the right words to describe the need that we, uh, that we presently have. But we are confident, of course, that the Lord knows the need and will answer those needs according to his perfect will for our lives. So we are praying for uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Ronnie. We're praying for Ed. We're praying for Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, and myself included. So our Heavenly Father, as we go down this prayer list, Lord, we think of those on our sick list. And Father God, we lift them up to you and we ask you, Heavenly Father, to please work in them, Lord. Touch each one. Bless them, Lord, with peace. Lord, give them that measure of grace they need to, uh, to, to handle the, uh, the difficulties and the illnesses that they're struggling with. Father, we pray that you would touch them and bring healing. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the answers to prayers that you have already done for us in, in these folks. Lord, I'm thinking of Jasmine specifically, and uh, I know we didn't mention Mary Perez today, Lord, but you, know, we, we, you answered our prayer for her as well, and now her being cancer-free, and for Jasmine with this turnaround that she's had, that she'll be able to go home in a few weeks. And 
Lord, we just pray that you continue to touch them and work in them. We think of uh, Sister Bernice and her mom, Laura, dealing with cancer. And Lord, we just pray that you would touch them and bring healing. We think, of course, Pastor Martin. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to bless him with life and the ability to serve and the desire to serve. And Lord, we ask you to touch his body and bring healing to his eyes, to his, to his heart condition, to his eczema, Lord, and to gain his, get his blood pressure under control. Lord, we think of Diego, we think of Daniel, and we think of uh, uh, Angel, we think of uh, all of those that are on our, our sick list, Father God, and we lift them all up to you and ask you, Father, to please bring healing and touch them, and we'll thank you for it. And then, Lord, we think of uh, my brother in law Jude, and his business up in New York City. We ask you to bless it, Lord, give him uh, some business, direct some customers his way. We ask for Brother Aldo for his business as well at Pro-HVAC. Lord, we uh, ask you to continue to bless Brother Salinas as he works to serve you. And, and Lord, we ask you to bless him and his family. Father, we just ask you to hedge them about and protect them as they serve. Lord, we, uh, we think of uh, Brother Alex and his employment situation, and we lift up Isabella and Jessica to you as they, uh, as they continue to uh, walk closer to you each and every day. And then, Lord, for those unspoken prayers of our hearts, you know, Lord, we, we lift up again Eduardo Rodriguez. We lift up Ronnie and Ed, Larissa, Hector. We lift up Manuel, Angela, and then, Lord, for my uh, particular prayer need as well. And we ask you, Father God, for all of those on our prayer list, Lord, we ask you to just to answer those prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And, Lord, allow us the privilege to give you all of the honor and the glory that you so richly deserve. And we will thank you for it. And, Lord, we ask you to bless the remainder of our uh, Mother's Day message today. And we'll thank you for it, and we'll bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email them to me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Or you can head over to our website, use the web form, send it over. Or if you are logged into Spreaker, you can jump into our chat room and you could drop your prayer request, questions or comments there as well. All right. Well, folks, that'll bring us to our uh, second break before we get into our message for today. So that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a refill if you need it. And when we come back, we'll be getting into our message for today on the motherhood of God. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers Smash that five-star review if you feel like we deserve it. And we'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Busy Believer, where we bring the Bible study to you when life has got you on the run. This podcast releases every single Wednesday with 20 to 30-minute episodes featuring clear-cut, straight talk in the Word of God and actual takeaways from every session. You can expect me, your host, Monica Hansen, on every episode, and you can find this podcast on any podcast app on the planet, such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, just to name a few. And if you'd like to subscribe to me, you could do so by going to linktree forward slash warriorsofgod70.
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I'll sing throughout eternity. Amazing grace, amazing love. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I'll sing throughout eternity. Amazing grace, amazing love. Amazing grace shall ever be my song of praise, my highest call. Love so amazing, so the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. 
read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're going to kick off episode 94 in just a second here. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to uh, sit down with you guys every week and do this. It, it really is a tremendous blessing for me. And uh, I know I've, I might seem a little low energy today. Uh, I'm, I'll tell you why. Um, I had three messages that I, was, I had been working on three mother's day related messages and um i uh i trashed all three of them and uh i started working on this one that we're that i'm going to bring to you today last night and uh so i have not yet been to bed so i am i'm pretty tired right now so uh, i'm going to ask you to forgive me if i seem a little low energy but uh, we're going we're gonna to just ask the Lord to bless the message as we go forward and, uh, and uh, ask him to lift me up a little bit. All right. Episode number 94. Now, if you have your Bible, would you please take it and turn over to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. Now, uh, Isaiah is um, a unique book in, in many aspects. And uh, one of the unique qualities of the book of Isaiah is that it has 66 chapters. Well, you might be saying, okay, what's the big deal, right? Well, your Bible has 66 books. And uh, in an amazing and a miraculous and an incredible kind of way, these 66 chapters have a way of paralleling the 66 books of your Bible. So if, if that be the case, and it is, then the 66th chapter of Isaiah would parallel what book of your Bible? Well, the book of Revelation, the last book of your Bible. You know, and of course, Revelation is a book of prophecy. It's a book telling us about things to come primarily. And uh, many of the things that God has forecast in the book of Revelation, if we haven't seen some of it already, we've certainly seen the leading edge of some of those things in this day and age in which we live. Uh, however, we're not going to dwell much on prophecy today, but uh, something else. And uh, if, if I would put a title to the message, I would title this message, The Motherhood of God. The Motherhood of God. Now, in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 7, Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her. 
all ye that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be borne upon her sides, and be dandled about upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Our Father, as we consider some of the valuable things that you have laid before us this day, and Lord, they are valuable. They are the words of God Almighty. I pray that your Holy Spirit might have um, freedom and liberty among us this afternoon to to extend these truths to us in a way that we can receive them, that we can dwell upon them and meditate upon them and consider them, and that we we may be the better people as a result of it. God, tune our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive, thus saith the Lord. And this I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, there's much in the text. Much. But if you miss everything else, it's, I, I think it's pretty clear that by observing these verses, that God has a mother side. Now, we generally think of God and refer to God from a father's standpoint. Jesus said when his disciples asked him how to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So certainly God is represented in the minds of anyone who studies the Scriptures, you know, primarily as a father, but not exclusively, because God has a mother side, which is indicated in his discussion about bringing forth Israel as a mother. And then he even goes beyond that and talks about the Gentile nations that he can be a mother figure to as well. Now, even as he gave birth to Israel, God is the one responsible for the new birth. And, you know, I've got bad news, bad news for all the folks that, you know, kind of clunk around in the scientific labs trying to figure out how to create life in a test tube. Birth requires mom. Isn't that right? A mother has to be involved in birth. All birth requires a mother. Now, a look at biblical mothers, and folks, there are many, many of them. You know, uh, we can't look at them all, but we're going to look at least four, maybe five of them today. A look at biblical mothers helps us to understand a little bit more about the mother qualities or aspects of God himself. So that's what we intend to do today. We're going to kind of consider today God's motherhood and then how that kind of trickles down. You know, God likes trickle-down economics. And so God's character can trickle down and benefit every one of us, and particularly every mother that's listening today. So would you take your Bible and let's begin in the book of Exodus, chapter number 2. Exodus, chapter number 2. You know, God oftentimes reveals himself to us uh, uh, or qualities of his character by utilizing human beings and particular events that transpired in their lives. Uh, He uses it to help us know a little bit more about God himself. Now, in Exodus chapter 2, in verse 1, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. 
And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the riverbank. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. All right, now, so here's a Jewish mother. And uh, at this particular point of history, the Jews are in Egyptian slavery and in captivity. Now, why in the world would she be so concerned about this child's life that she would be compelled to hide him and ultimately build a little ark? An ark is a place of safety in your Bible, isn't it? Noah built an ark, right? And then we have the Ark of the Covenant, which presents its own set of safeties. And so she built him a little ark of bulrushes, and she put the child in it, and she kind of sent him floating along down the Nile River. Now, that's a wild story. And then his big sister was afar off watching the whole thing. Well, a little history will help us understand. Let's go back to chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 17. Exodus chapter 1, and uh, actually let's, do, let's go to verse 15. Verse 15, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other, Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then shall she live. So the edict of the government from the Egyptian pharaoh came down, and he said, You know what? I want you to kill all these Hebrew boys. The edict was given to all the Hebrew midwives that were helping in the, in the delivery of these children. And of course, you know, the, the Egyptians were fearful that the Israelis were becoming so large in number that they would overtake them someday and bust out of slavery. But there was another plot that was being hatched, and that was Satan's plot himself to eliminate a chosen people. And, you know, I started to think about that, and, and I said, you know, it's, it's really not so dissimilar to some of the activities going on here in present-day America. You know, the government, through a variety of edicts, have said, let's kill our children. Let's just do it by slow degrees. Let's introduce some things into our school system. Let's introduce some things into our society. Let's introduce some things into our universities. You know, that'll just eventually, you know, just kill them off. Now, that's a whole sermon in and of itself, you know. Uh, Now, uh, now, this, of course, lends to the question, and you know, the question is asked more frequently among believers. When is it appropriate for a believer to disobey the government? Well, we have one classic example right here in front of us, right? Let's look on. Verse 17, but the midwives feared God. You know, God is the ultimate and final authority. Amen? I mean, didn't the apostles say, you know, we should fear God more than man. We ought to obey God more than man. All right? But the midwives feared God and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men's children alive. All right, so the issue becomes pretty clear. If any commandment of man is in direct violation of the commandment of God, who do you obey? Well, you obey God. Now, when mankind, you know, the government says you can only travel 75 miles per hour, I, I can live with that. I can live with that. You know? In fact, I'm actually always amazed when I'm on the highway going 75 miles per hour how many people actually pass me. 
You know, I, I usually set the cruise control in my car for like 73, 74, and then they come whizzing past me like I'm standing still, <laughs> you know? How, how, that happens to everybody, right? But I can live with 75. I can live with that. You know, when the government says you have to pay your taxes, you know, I don't like it, but Jesus paid his, so I'll do it. I don't particularly appreciate supporting a lot of the programs the taxes go for, but I do it. But when the government says, like they did some, in some ways recently, the children belong to us, God says, no, they don't. No, they don't. Children are in heritage of the Lord. Isn't that what the book says? No, they don't. No, they don't. You know, there's three things that don't belong to the government. And uh, it's an alliteration of C's. Let me tell you what they are. Your conscience doesn't belong to the government. Your children don't belong to the government. And the church doesn't belong to the government. You see? And those three things include a lot of the things, a lot of other things when you start to think about it a little bit. All right, now I promise you I'm not going to stay political very long, okay? Um, So the midwives, so the midwives, what do they do? Verse 17, but the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, now they're just throwing out an excuse here, okay? But it sounds good. Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. So you know what they're saying? They beat us to the punch. You know, they have that kid before we could even show up. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. You know, one occasion in your Bible, and there's a couple more I can show you, but on occasion, on occasion, God actually blessed a lie. That's kind of an incredible thing. God actually blessed them for their disobedience. He actually blessed their houses as a result of it. Verse 22, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And so God blessed them for their disobedience. But the hatred continues, which we just read in verse 22, which illustrates just how important it is to stick with your kids. Stick with your kids because there are strong elements in today's world that are against them. So lesson number one, you say the motherhood of God What's what's being illustrated here in this story is that God doesn't desert his children. God doesn't desert his children. Moses' mother refused to desert him. And when she felt it was impossible to keep him hidden, she came up with this ingenious and yet very risky plan. And and of course, the whole thing is brought about by by the mind and plan of God. And so she put this three-month-old infant in an ark of bulrushes and sent him down the river. But God preserved his children. If you're a child of God, if you've been born of the Spirit, God is not going to desert you. God's not going to leave you. And you may feel sometimes uh, you know, empty and, and lacking of spiritual satisfaction, but inevitably that's not his fault. That's our fault. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee were the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 
So that's lesson number one. That's part of the motherhood of God. All right, now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. <clears throat> 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, we have another miraculous story here. You know, I, I like the great stories of the Bible, and this is certainly another one. It's of a woman by the name of Hannah, and Hannah's womb has been barren, and it's been a source of great discomfort and distress to her, and she desperately wants a child, and she finally gets into a position where she's begging God to overcome what, what seems to be a biological problem of one type or another. And she says, God, would you, would you please intervene on my behalf and, and give me a child? And God hears that prayer and he responds positively to it. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we'll pick it up in verse 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. All right, so this is the summary of the situation. Hannah says, I prayed for this child. God gave me this child. He was miraculously delivered to me. And therefore, it's my obligation, my opportunity, and my privilege to loan him back to the Lord. He belongs to God. You know, if, if more Christian parents could grasp that concept, our children belong to God, and he simply put us as parents in position of a stewardship over those children. And our stewardship needs to be taken very seriously. So lesson number two about the motherhood of God, illustrated in the life of Hannah, is that God has a plan. She said, I'm loaning him to the Lord. And as it turns out, this child turns out to be the prophet Samuel. And Samuel is extremely influential in the lives of the people of Israel. One of the great prophets, as well as a judge. He occupies both positions in reality. Now, you know, when, when we dedicate our children to the Lord, we dedicate them with the idea that God has a plan for them. And as parents, we need to do all we, need to do all we can do to help accommodate that plan, whatever it is, as it develops. God not only has given you the privilege, but a responsibility with those children. That's pretty simple. If you don't want the responsibility, then don't have kids. Don't you think that's simple? Because it really is a tremendous responsibility. Now, Hannah understood that God had a plan. She didn't know what the plan was, but she knew that God had a plan. Now, God has a plan for every life. It's not always fulfilled, but that's our fault, not his. It's our fault. You know, I, I think one of the most incredible revelations in heaven are going to be all the things that God may choose to show us that we missed out on because we weren't doing what he wanted us to do. God, what did I miss out on? You know, what opportunities were out there that I just didn't see or take advantage of? Well, in the next 10 verses of chapter 2, Hannah prays a prayer. And this prayer is a prophetic picture of things to come, and specifically the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, God is giving Hannah some extraordinary revelations here as she loans this child to the Lord and understands that God has a plan for him. Now, we don't have time to look at all of these verses, but let's just briefly look at uh, uh, verse 1 of chapter 2. 
verse 1 of chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. It's an extraordinary event when a child comes to, comes to the point in their life when they're old enough to understand and recognize that they're sinners and, and they recognize the necessity of salvation in their life and then they receive the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And it's a cause of rejoicing and salvation. And Hannah acknowledged that. Look at verse 3. Verse 3, Talk no more exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. She understood that arrogance was detrimental to the life of a child. Now, we live in a society and a time, folks, in which arrogance and pride is accelerated. Don't you agree? I mean, society is throwing the gas on it, folks. You know, when, when I played Little League Baseball, you know, we understood that there were winners and there were losers. And the losers didn't get a trophy. You know, we just went into that thing knowing that. We didn't expect one. And nobody told us we should get one. So just the, just the general tenor of society today has, been, has, has uh, bent itself in the, in the direction where we're constantly providing opportunity for arrogancy. Hannah said... Man, I'm going to try to avoid that with this kid right here. Well, that's not all. Look at verse 7. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Do you know what what she's suggesting here? She wanted that young man who turned out to be one of the great prophets of Israel to understand that all blessings come from God. You know, maybe God has blessed you in an incredible kind of way and you've taken all the credit for yourself. You know, God can take that away just like that, just like that. You know, a stroke can happen real fast. You know, a heart attack can come real fast. All blessings come from God. And then verse 9, let's look at verse 9. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness For by strength shall no man prevail. God will keep us. God will keep us. Now, if you're a child of God, he's not going to lose you. He's going to keep you. You know, God doesn't lose stuff. I do. I lose stuff all the time. My keys, my glasses, my wallet. (laughs) You do. You lose stuff. God will keep us. I lose stuff. God doesn't. And then finally, look at verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. You say, man, that's a lot of theological stuff there. I don't think I understand it all. All right, then let me give it to you straight. Do you know what God just said there? God just said, we will win in the end. (laughs) We end up the winners in Jesus Christ. Everyone else loses You are a winner in Christ. Now, these truths fortify the idea that God's plan is always the best plan. God's plan is always the best one. God has a plan for his children. God has a plan for his children. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our second break, um, our third break, actually, of the afternoon here. 
And uh, when we come back, we'll pick it up with uh, story number three over in Second Kings. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
is to be known for loving Christ, to build his church, to love his bride, and make his name known far and wide. For this cause I live, for this cause I Jesus, my.
It's not fame that I desire, nor stature in my brother's eyes. I pray it's said about my life that I live more to build your name than mine. For the Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are talking about the motherhood of God, the motherhood of God. And we said last that God has a plan for his children. Now, would you take your Bibles and go with me over to 2 Kings chapter number 4, 2 Kings chapter number 4, and uh, we're going to get story number 3. You know, folks, we're talking about mothers today, good mothers, and how these kind of picture the motherhood of God. 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, folks, if you are currently logged into Spreaker and uh, you have an active Spreaker account, you can jump on into our chat room. And uh, why don't you say hello? Let us know you're out there. It'll be a blessing to see you. Uh, If you have any questions or comments or concerns about anything that we've been discussing today. I'd love to get your feedback on it as we've been talking about good mothers and the motherhood of God. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4. Are we there? All right. There's another miraculous story. Uh, it's, It's actually similar in a lot of ways to the one we just considered about Hannah and this wonderful miracle child that was given to her. Now, uh, in this story, this woman is called the Great Woman of Shunem. And interestingly, she's the only woman in the Bible called Great. And that's, that's really a study, isn't it? The only woman in the Bible called Great. Now, in similar fashion to Hannah, um, she desires greatly a child, but the grace of God in that respect has bypassed her. But uh, on a particular day, she encountered the prophet Elisha, And uh, he told her that someday she would have a child. And at first she thought he was messing with her, you know, but but he assured her that no, no, it was going to take place. And sure enough, it did. And uh, the child has grown in verse 18. I mean, the Lord can span 20 years in one verse. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 18. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. So all of a sudden, this young man is having a terrific headache. Now, we don't know what the physical problem was. It, uh, it might have been an aneurysm. It might have been a tumor. You know, who knows? But um, all of a sudden, he's afflicted with this terrible, terrible headache. And he says to his father, I'm in terrible pain. My head, my head. So the father says, based on, this, based on his own experience with his wife, the great woman of Shunem, he said to, to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon and then died. So if the thing was going to be explained physiologically, my best guess is that he had an aneurysm. Now, I've known people that have died as a result of an aneurysm in the brain. Uh, so... You know, it it could very well have been that. Uh, And so he dies. 
Now, this is very significant in not only understanding the story, but also the motherhood of God, because God is the ultimate comforter, the Father. You know, fathers don't always look at things like mothers do. Um, you know, mother, you know, well, just the general nature of motherhood is, uh, you know, mothers are more compassionate. They're tender. You know, I guess as dads, you know, particularly with the boys, you know, grow them up to be a little tough. You know, they fall down, they skin their knee and, you know, they'll whine and they'll sniffle and they'll cry. And, you know, dad is, you're all right. Get up, walk it off. All right. So what's the natural inclination? Well, I'm going to run to mama. Because mama's going to say, oh, my baby, you have a boo-boo. Mommy, kiss it, make it better. I mean, how many, how many Band-Aids have been applied when they didn't even have a need for a Band-Aid, right? I mean, but that's just a mom. That's all that is. So evidently the father didn't take this thing too seriously because he didn't take the child to his mother. No, he thought it wasn't a big deal. So instead, he told one of his, co- one of his workers to uh, take the boy to his mother. But he did know this. He did know that the, the mother was a bastion of comfort. He knew that mom could provide something that perhaps he himself couldn't. So he said, take him to mom. Now, God is the ultimate comforter. And this thing is pictured over in the book of Galatians. Uh, take your Bible and go with me over there. Galatians in chapter 4. I just want to show you something. Galatians chapter 4. This is a great verse. You know, some of you may know it, but if you're not familiar with it, this is one of those verses that deserves to be underlined or highlighted in your Bible. Galatians chapter 4 and uh, verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Now, clearly, God's not talking about the Jerusalem in the Middle East on earth. He's talking about heaven. It's called the new Jerusalem, you see? But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. So you see, heaven is compared to mom. Do you know what heaven is? It's mom's house. It's mom's house. That's what it is. There's something about mom's house that just creates a sense of comfort and stability that I think most of us got to enjoy. I mean, I know not everyone did, but, you know, if you're saved... You're going there. You're going to mom's house. And the ultimate comfort that any believer will receive will be when he crosses the banister of heaven. You're going to have a sense of comfort and a sense of peace and ultimate satisfaction that you never, ever knew on this earth. You know, when I was a child growing up, uh, you know, there were certain things in my life as a child that I found comfort in. You know, mom always being home when when I got home from school. You know, Sunday dinner. Man, I loved Sunday dinner. You know, mom, grandma would get up and, you know, they would start making the sauce early in the morning. And the smell of that sauce would just kind of like waft its way through the house, you know. And then taking that that fresh piece of Italian bread and then just dipping it in the sauce and a little sprinkle of fresh Parmesan. Mm, mm. Getting hungry. There's nothing better than that, amen? There's nothing better than that. Now, let me show you something else. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4. The great woman of Shunem, uh, the child was miraculously resurrected. Now, a messenger was sent to Elisha, and, and he knew that he had to respond. The child was miraculously resurrected. 
Now, as we indicated a little while ago, the resurrection is our hope, which no other religion offers. So, you know, you go ahead and reject this Bible. You reject God's Word. You reject the Gospel. You reject the truth. Where's your hope? Where's your hope? You say, I don't know if I believe that or not. That's just a book of myths. Well, I can show you plenty of reasons why it isn't. But if you reject it, you're probably not interested in good logic. You're probably not interested in common sense. You're probably not interested in good history. You're probably not interested in fulfilled prophecy. You reject it, and then tell me where your hope is. I'll tell you where mine is. Mine is in the, is in, mine is in the resurrection. Mine is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Mine is when this old flesh goes back to the dirt from whence it came. God has promised a resurrection. You know, I've recently lost my dad. <clears throat> and then shortly thereafter, I lost my grandmother. But not really. Because they were saved. They knew the Lord. And they're in heaven today. And you know something? One day, based on the authority of God's holy word, I'm going to be with them. And then we're going to rejoice in the resurrection. God is the ultimate comforter. Moms are comforters. They're better at it than we fathers are. They just have an instinct about it that, you know, we don't have. Well, God's got all the necessary instincts to provide you with comfort. And the Holy Spirit that he sent to us is a comforter. And that's what the Word of God calls him. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31. We're moving along here. We're right on schedule. Proverbs 31. And this is mother number four. Proverbs 31. God and the motherhood of God. God is the ultimate comforter. God has a plan for your life. God doesn't desert his children. Proverbs 31, and look at verse 1. Proverbs 31, verse 1. The kings, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So Lemuel is Solomon. All right, that's just another name for him. You know, a lot of you have more than one name. Some of you have a name that people call you that you wouldn't want to repeat, though, right? Yeah. Solomon had more than one name, and, and uh, this one is one of them, Lemuel. And uh, do you know who his mother was? Well, his mother was a lady by the name of Bathsheba. Now, that didn't start out well, you know, if you know the story. But do you know, what the most you know what most, what's most critical in your life? What's most critical in your life is not how it starts. It's how it ends how it ends. That's what's important. And Bathsheba made some serious adjustments in her life and turned out to be a good mother and taught her son, the king, some prophecies. Now, according to our text, the prophecy uh, his mother taught him, uh, do you know what God does? Do you know what God does? God teaches us prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? Well, prophecy, you know, it's a great comfort to know something about the future as God lays it out, which is quite different from the present direction of this world. 
Now, you know, I try to stay abreast of politics. I read a lot of articles every day. I watch a lot of news from you know, both sides of the aisle, trying to just to stay tuned into what's going on. And the reason I do that is because your Bible makes it clear that history recycles itself. History repeats itself. You get that over in the book of Ecclesiastes. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. So prophecy is a wonderful thing to know something about. Amen? And as we see the continual uh, degeneration of society, you know, we all know America's on a bad path. It's not on a good one. It's on a bad one from a variety of perspectives. But fortunately, folks, you know, Bible prophecy tells us it's going to get worse before it gets better. You say fortunately? Why fortunately? Because I take extreme comfort in knowing how it ultimately ends. Don't you? And so a good mother prepares her children for the future. God prepares us for the future. That's what prophecy is all about. And you know what, prof- you know what prophecy propels us toward? It propels us toward Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. You know, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. You know, look up there, not down here. Because if you spend too much time fixing your attention and thoughts and your ambitions strictly on this world, you're going to go nuts. There's something better than this. And Bible prophecy deals with that. You know, the bulk of the chapter, if you, if you, if you go on starting in verse 10 throughout the remainder of the chapter, it's a very famous passage of Scripture about a virtuous woman. Look with, look with me in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. All right, now, even though Solomon is writing these words, you know, they came from a certain inspiration from his mother. It was her instruction that led him to write these things about a virtuous woman. And uh, all the qualities of a virtuous woman that are listed in the remainder of the chapter are comparable and desirable qualities in a church. Because a church is compared to a woman, isn't it? There's some fascinating material there. Some really fascinating material. And then finally, head over to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy in chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. You know, we're talking about great moms in the Bible. Well, you know, Bathsheba didn't, start, didn't necessarily start well, but she, but she ended well. Ladies, whatever your checkered past might be, you can't change that. You know, the old saying is you can't unscramble the egg, but you can end well. You can end well. Isn't that grace? That's grace. Second Timothy chapter 1, in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Paul is writing to his young protege in the ministry and compares him to his son. Now, he wasn't his biological son, but he considers him a son. It's kind of like an adopted son. And then I want you to look at what he says in verse 5. In verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, evidently Timothy possesses an incredible and an unusual element of faith. He has the ability to really believe God and trust God. That's faith. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, 
which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So where did Timothy learn about this substantial and incredible faith? Well, he learned it from his grandmother and his mother. That's where he got it. Just think about that. What a tremendous influence moms can have on their children. And they should have. You know, there's, a, there's this theory that floats around, and it's been really floating around forever, and I think it's gaining precedence in the world today. Uh, when you, well, you know, and it's, you got to let your child experiment and do their own thing. You know, let them sow their wild oats. That's stupid. Do you know why? Because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. When you were young, were you dumb? I mean, I could say amen to that in my own personal life. You know, children need a lot of attention. Children need a lot of direction, a lot of tempering, a lot of guidance. Now, how was this faith communicated to young Timothy? Well, look over in chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, do you know how grandma and mom communicated and instilled this faith in young Timothy? They did it through the scriptures. They did it through the scriptures. Isn't that abundantly clear? Now, the motherhood of God, do you know what it is? God creates opportunities for growth in faith, just like Lois and Eunice did in the young life of Timothy, who turned out to be a great disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. God creates opportunities for growth in faith. You know, sometimes we look at various circumstances in life as obstacles and adversarial conditions. God says, no, this is just an opportunity for you to grow in faith. It's an opportunity for you to learn something and grow in faith and in trust and in confidence in him. Now, you know, I wanted to conclude this with a a, a dynamite illustration on faith. You know, Uh, we as preachers always look for the, you know, the big stories, you know, the the big heart-gripping and mind-rendering illustrations, you know. I'll get them with this God. You know, this is a good one. And I searched, and I searched, and I searched for an illustration on faith, but I just couldn't find a bell ringer. And then I found a a little tiny one. It's not much. It really isn't. It's not much, but you know something? It says it all. It says it all. Two little girls, five or six years old, These two little girls were talking and counting their pennies, and one little girl counted her pennies and said, I have one, two, three, four, five pennies. And then she said to her little friend, she goes, how many pennies do you have? And she counted them out. One, two, three, four, five. And then she said, I have ten pennies. And the first little girl said, no, you don't. You have five, just like I do. And her little friend said, no, I have ten pennies. And they argued back and forth for a little while, and finally the first little girl says, why do you think you have ten? You only have five. 
And the second little girl said, I have 10 because my father promised me when he came home, he'd give me five. Do you know what that is? That's faith. That's faith. Now, that's not a great, big, blown-up illustration. But doesn't it just say it all? My father has said to me, he's got five pennies for me. They're not in my possession yet, but they're as good as there if he promised me so I can count on them because he promised them to me. Folks, God creates opportunities for growth in faith. That's the motherhood of God as illustrated in Lois and Eunice. Grandmas, you have an influence on your grandkids. Do you not? And if you have that opportunity, take advantage of it. You know, be an influential grandma for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the motherhood of God. All births start with a mother. Have you ever been born again? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ to the extent that you have put your faith in his word to forgive you of your sins and save you and to give you an eternal place in heaven? Would you look to the motherhood of God for the new birth? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your holy book. Father, we thank you for these wonderful examples of biblical motherhood that just further demonstrate your motherhood. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of the gospel. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, for your precious Son who you gave for us. Father, I pray for any of those that are under the sound of my voice that if anyone does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they would put their trust in him today to forgive them of their sins, to save them, and to give them that eternal place in heaven so that they can call the new Jerusalem their mother. Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for all the mothers that are out there. Lord, I thank you for my mother. And Father, I just pray that you would continue to bless them with life, with health, and with knowledge of Jesus Christ as their saviors. And Father, we thank you and we commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for episode number 94 of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today on this Mother's Day. Head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Send us over a message. Use the web form, or you could always email us directly. And if you could, look for that Support This Podcast button. And if you can help us out with a monthly recurring contribution, we'd appreciate it. If not, a one-time would be great as well. Folks, Lord willing, we'll see you on Thursday in Revelation chapter 12. Win the loss, no matter the cost. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.